Hello everyone. Welcome to Avoiding Entropy. I'm your host, Tumultuous. And today, we're going to talk about you. Whoever you are. Wherever you are. Whatever you might be doing. Wherever you might be going. Because I don't think that you do that enough. I don't think we spend enough time getting to know ourselves. And I believe that that is where everything starts. Because how could you possibly know something about the outside world if you don't know anything about yourselves? If I were to ask you out for a cup of coffee once a week, we sat down and we chatted for about an hour. After about two months or eight conversations, I'd probably know you a little bit better. You'd know me a little bit better. But the first conversation is always awkward. Hi, how are you? My name is so-so. How are you feeling? What do you feel about this? How do you feel about that? What's your favorite color? I always ask things like that. Because something like your favorite color is a personal piece of information. But it's not too personal, it's private. So when you divulge something like that, it automatically establishes a bond of trust, so to speak. I don't think we sit down and talk to ourselves enough. And they used to say that if you talk to yourself, that means you're crazy. But then they said that only if you answer yourself, that's the crazy part. Well, let me tell you something. I've always talked to myself out loud. I've always answered myself, disagreed with myself, found the right way by talking to myself. And if you break down psychology and the way it works is whenever a human being makes a decision, that is a big decision rather, not what I'm gonna have for lunch, but a big decision. Should I move to California? Should I marry this girl? Should I buy a dog? Whenever a person is faced with these decisions, instead of drawing up a pros and cons list, the human brain or the mind creates personalities. Different personalities that are just applied to this one decision. And however many outcomes you may have is how many personalities your mind comes up with. Now we don't know this for a fact that we're doing it. However, psychology is one of those things that's very difficult to perform and very easy to debunk because if you think about it up until recently psychologists have been the only ones that have worked on an organ of the human body without being able to look at it and on top of that when people go see a a psychologist a shrink they expect to be fixed fix me 
Psychology is all about helping the person fix themselves because it cannot be cured through medication, pills. It could be suppressed, but not cured. Any illness or anything that troubles the human mind has to be cured through that mind. I can't tell someone that's catatonic to stop being catatonic. They just are. But you could first measure to see the level of their state of catatonics. For instance, someone that's catatonic will freeze wherever you leave them. So if you pick up their arm and you leave it in midair, catatonics will freeze their arm there. It's just a byproduct of that illness. So after creating all these personalities, your mind starts to kill them off one by one because the fight or flight response the life or death line that is drawn is a very fine line but it's very 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 easy to see when you're at that moment so I always say trust your gut because your gut and your instincts are usually geared for your survival now I say judge and think about it a little bit because what's good for your survival at the, any given moment might not be good for your immediate well-being at any given moment. So if your survival says, hold your breath, but you know for a fact that you should jump, you should jump. And as they kill off these personalities, the one that is left standing or alive, is the decision you inevitably end up making. Why do you do this? Because the mind has to test itself, always. You have two hemispheres of the brain, a conscious and a subconscious. On top of that, you have the cerebral, you have the front, let's say, the back, the left and the right. Let's say there's four areas of your brain. Your mind is all of that. And your consciousness is like a shuttle that travels from one area of your brain to another. And as you shift focus, you tend to not focus any longer on what you were focused on before. So to make these thoughts, to create these personalities is a way of your mind keeping attention on that one decision. This decision weighs heavily on me, people say. Because it's a hard decision to make. But I find that anytime I'm faced with a hard decision or difficult choice, you're only there because of your own doubt. Any decision is exactly that. You decide. How long it takes you to decide is how more of a probability that you're not going to make the right one. So don't shoot from the hip right away. Shooting from the hip means during a duel or any kind of gunfire, instead of bringing the gun all the way up to your shoulder length to aim, you shoot right out of the holster. Now gunslingers in the West that were good at shooting from the hip were obviously the ones that lived longer because it's a fraction of a second less. 
But if you missed, the guy was aiming, got you down his sights. The really good ones didn't have sights on their guns. They felt it. But you have to practice. You have to determine where your doubt is leading you. Where are my thoughts coming from? How do they behave? Am I thinking just out of survival? Or am I thinking strategically? Talking to yourself does not mean you're crazy. Answering yourself does not mean you're crazy. What's crazy is you doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. That's crazy. What's crazy is you getting hurt, abandoned, betrayed, lied to over and over again by the same kind of people. And yet you don't change. Now, if you'd asked me, I think you kind of like it. Most people would scream in my face. But you have to understand that the way we are now as adults is our upbringing as we were children. So just like physically, when you go through puberty as a boy, the peak of puberty, whatever your body condition is at the time, if you're overweight, if you're fit, athletic, malnourished, the brain automatically sets a norm for that type of body. So if you were a fat kid when you hit puberty, you're going to have a hard time losing weight for the rest of your life because your body thinks that you're supposed to be fat. If you're athletic when you go through puberty and then gain a bunch of weight, it'll be very easy for you to shed those pounds, not because of muscle memory, but because your body will think that that's the norm and it will always be striving to achieve that despite what you're doing. So if you assist it, it'll go that much faster. That is a deep-rooted thing that happens with you when you go through puberty because hormones are a part. Once those hormones are released into your bloodstream, into your chemical physique, they don't go away, naturally speaking. Now, for the mind, it's a little bit different. What happens is your subconscious and your conscious are two different things, but they interact all the time. They're like friends who talk on the phone once a day. The biggest difference is that your subconscious plays behind the scenes. And because of that, it doesn't really have a concept of what's going on outside. So although it does have a perception of time, it doesn't really. Let me give you an example. A soldier that did two tours in Iraq had his best friend killed in front of him. And that was a shocking, traumatic experience in his life. He thought his life was going to be over. He thought he was going to be next. There was an explosion, loud sounds. He can't sleep. He can't eat. He gets discharged from the army. Honorably comes home, has a nice paycheck, doesn't really need to work if he doesn't want to, 
but he goes back to work. Why? Because he can't stop thinking about it. Because everywhere he goes, every time somebody drops a fork on the floor or breaks a glass, he reaches for his sidearm and spins around as if he was going to kill someone. Because in his mind, his subconscious has constructed that to be the normal state of being. Constant distress, always apprehensive. If you've ever been around a war vet and you made a loud sound, some of them will spin around very quickly, oddly quickly, almost like unnaturally quickly because they're spinning around out of reflex of life and death. I pray to God, no, none of you ever see someone actually dead, a dead body. And not in a morgue, like just out. It's different. You can tell the difference between a person that is faking and a person that is dead, even if they're both wearing the same thing and their eyes are both closed. There is something about a lifeless body that is unnatural to us. So PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder is exactly what happens to people going through a situation like that. They can't cope because because of that shock to their nervous system of holy shit, I almost died. Your subconscious goes, you better beware and remember this. And so they do, day in and day out. And they dwell in it and it leads to depression, which leads to other things like drugs, you don't need drugs. You don't really even need therapy. All you need to do is reconstruct your subconscious. Get it out of that fight or flight response mechanism. And into a mechanism of whatever you choose. They say where attention goes, energy flows. And what that means is Whatever you focus on is what's going to unfold in front of you. That doesn't mean that if you start thinking about getting the winning lotto numbers, that you're going to wake up one day knowing them. It might, actually. But it means more like the things you do on a day-in and day-out basis are rhythmical for the most part. But the things that go through your head don't have to be. Habitual. Every time I get into the car, I want to smoke a cigarette. Why? Just because that's what I've been doing. So I can't. When I want to quit smoking, I stop driving to work. Why? Well, because it breaks the ritual. Unfortunately for our brains, it doesn't work the same way with happiness. Because it's not a life or death scenario. But the way you can program it is this. Picture a moment in your life where you were truly happy, even if it was for a few minutes. Something that happened, maybe when you were a kid. Something equivalent to a little boy or a little girl wanting to get a pony her whole life. And on her eighth birthday, for example, for as long as she can remember, she's wanted a pony or he's wanted a pony. 
and her eighth birthday, mom and dad come around the corner with the pony. And it's all theirs. That excitement. I want you to get a moment like that that happened in your life. I want you to write it down on a piece of paper and put it in your pocket. And five times a day, whenever you want, you open that piece of paper, unfold it, fold it a bunch of times, as many times as you can, and unfold it slowly. The reason that is because you're building up to the moment. So if you just think of something, it pops up in your head as one thing. But if you do this unfolding process, you know what's coming. So you're building up, you're almost booting up your subconscious. And you're booting up your subconscious because the subconscious links memories to emotions, events to emotions, rather. So whatever happens in your life, it associates with an emotion. And it you know, feeds that emotion into you. So if you're having PTSD and someone you hear a loud noise, your brain automatically starts playing tapes of survival. Shock, horror, life or death. But when you got that pony, your brain was playing tapes of joy, positivity, warmth, bliss. So the more you think about an event, the more your subconscious will play that emotion, quote-unquote. And the interesting thing about subconscious is it cannot tell the difference between a memory and an event that is occurring now. So the, it doesn't, the, the con subconscious doesn't have a perception of time in that sense. If you think of that moment of the pony, it just may think that you're getting another pony. And then all of a sudden, every day, you're going to be getting these ponies. So your subconscious at one point is going to say, listen, instead of me going down the stairs, getting this ecstatic joy bliss file out of the dusty caverns of when I was eight, I'm going to just leave it upstairs on the top floor since you're thinking about it so much. And I'll just kind of play it on the, on the repeat in the back. And then just like walking, talking, using a knife riding a bike that we now do without having to think about at once we had to learn your subconscious will start to play positive messages positive outlook and a positive way of being into your mind and that will be your new norm your new standard so will you wake up on the wrong side of the bed of course but you'll wake up on the wrong side of the bed looking for the best possible outcome of it. That is a proven fact that has worked and does continue to work in psychology. To anyone says that they're depressed, feel terrible, can't think, unless your life has been filled with unimaginable memories of horror and you can't even find one good one, which is very rare. I'm sure people that are depressed always have good things to think about. But they always lead to bad things. Don't think about that part. Just isolate the positive. And soon you will see that just like 
remembering how to ride a bike after 25 years, you could be just as happy as you were the day you got that horse. The second most important thing about pretty much all of this, I suppose, is other human beings. So, physical and mental work in two different ways. But they're very, both very much the same. So physically speaking, when human beings are cold, they'll shiver and they'll die. But if there's five of them and they can huddle together and use their, each other's body heat, they'll live. The same five, if we're separated, would be all dead. Mentally, it works the same way. So why do they gather a church or a synagogue or a mosque to pray to God? You don't have to go to a mosque or a church or synagogue to pray to God. You can walk around your block and pray to God. God made everything if you are a believer and such. So you don't have to go to a church. But why do they make you go to a building? It's not really the building, you see. It's the congregation of people. Something about more people being together than one at the same time showing the same emotion, which is obviously in God, is love. Has a lot more meaning. Every religion says the same thing. The reason is, is that when we, as human beings, get near each other, just like body heat, we give off a radiant energy. And if the group is thinking something negative, the vibes, quote-unquote, that we send out, won't vibe with the earth. Why did I just go there? Vibes, good vibes and bad vibes, although it sounds like something from the 60s, is something that's been around for a long time. So basically, if you've ever been to school and you've done that iron shavings and magnet trick on the paper where they iron shavings they line up and they face the way they do and the magnet has a design so to speak that is its electromagnetic field we have an electromagnetic field and the earth has an electromagnetic field and the funny thing is is that the vibration of the earth's electromagnetic field is identical to the rhythm of the human heartbeat so The rhythm of heartbeat means exactly that. It's not how fast or slow it's going, but the space between the two beats at all times, the rhythm of it. The normal standard rhythm is the same one as the Earth's vibrating. So essentially speaking, theoretically speaking, the Earth has this big channel of electromagnetic waves. So just like you're hearing my voice right now, so I'm not standing in your room, sitting in your car, you know, I'm not in your ear in a little headphone. I'm miles away talking into a device. My message is being carried through electromagnetic waves into your phone, tuned to the same frequency, the same vibration. Essentially, it's the same thing, but it's for the earth and us. So more and more Star Wars is um, becoming to be more of a documentary than a work of fiction. However, it is true. And the whole point of congregating in human beings and programming your subconscious to think positively, because if we all programmed our subconscious to think positively and good thoughts and happy memories, 
and we all did it at the same time, every human being on the planet, I don't think anyone has ever seen what happens when people do that. Because the thing is, is if I'm a negative Nancy, and I'm sorry for any of you out there named Nancy, I just, it's a figure of speech. If I'm a negative person, and I'm surrounded by positive people, eventually I become positive. Because if someone hates you, or someone doesn't like you, and you constantly show them love, no matter what, it's only a matter of time before they'll, they'll, they'll stop. A human being cannot hate forever if he's being loved or she's being loved. It's impossible. So theoretically speaking, if we all were to think positively, the few of us that would be the odd evil apples out would quote-unquote convert. (laughs) Which is what I'm trying to do here. And on TikTok. And on the YouTube channel. Like I said, I'll never ask you for money. Although I probably should get back to work at some point. But I'm never here for the internet likes either. I want people to listen because I really think that there could be something powerful. Truly powerful and truly magical. Beyond me moving a piece of paper behind a glass. For all of us. And besides that, if we don't do this, we're going to suffer the same fate as the civilizations before us, going back all the way to Atlantis. Compared to them, we're like, we are apes. But I don't believe that. Even if we might be more barbaric, and not barbaric in terms of our physiological structure, barbaric in terms of using technology as a crutch instead of our abilities and senses over and over again, generation after generation has deteriorated into nothing. So, I think that we are stronger than anyone else because of that. Because despite all that technology and all the malicious beings out there that are trying to suppress this in us in order for their own personal gain of a minuscule couple of years on this planet, despite all that there's still people like me and there's people all over that know the truth and are fighting for it any way they can I'll see you soon always remember you are much stronger than you know